All right. So on the bottom of the page two, uh, finishing up in the Feast of Trumpets, I think we left off there towards the end. But there are some things that we wanted to make sure that were communicated, that the trumpets being sounded, uh, looking at Leviticus and where this is mentioned uh, about how it says in Leviticus 23, verses 23 to 25, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest, commemoration, and trumpet blasts, a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work. You must present a fire offering to the Lord. So that is what is taking place here. And this is setting up for the eventual celebration uh, and the commemoration of the Day of Atonement within the next 10 days after this. So if you're at the bottom of the handout, I put that the, let's, it's like the fourth uh, paragraph from the bottom. That's where we'll start, where it says this is the natural conclusion. The natural conclusion from the text of Leviticus, the trumpets sound the first day of the seventh month, and that it is a sacred holiday. Sacred holiday underlined for emphasis, to give emphasis to the fact that this is a very special occasion. Um, we, we have, what would you consider to be a sacred holiday for us today? Easter, what's another one? Christmas, sacred holiday. So we're talking about something on the magnitude of Easter and Christmas. You know, some people will argue that Halloween is a holiday. No, it's not. It's not a holiday. It never has been a holiday. It's just a day where people get together, Hallows Eve. Pardon me? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Hallowed, Hallows Eve. November 1st, that's, I was just mentioning, very good, I was actually thinking about that too. November 1st, which is the day after Halloween, is All Saints Day, which is not celebrated at all. It's not a sacred holiday, it's just a day on the calendar, but typically it's always on the 1st of November. Um, and we, we need to recognize that this particular date, the Day of Trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets, is a sacred holiday. And then we know that the 10th day of the month is the Day of Atonement, and we'll talk about that. Um, and if you go further, verse 34 refers to the 15th day as the Feast of Booths. So this is a pretty busy month, according to the Jewish calendar, uh, as far as celebrations are concerned. So the overall impression is that the seventh month of the year is especially sacred. A lot of activity. Um, just like for our calendar, in a similar way, we can say that Thanksgiving and Christmas are special months. It's the sacred month when we get down towards the end of the month as far as what we talk about in celebration. Never mind the shopping stuff. Never mind all that stuff about the presents and all that. We're talking about giving thanks. And we're also talking about recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and celebrating that day as well, too. It's not his birthday. Amen. We know that Christ's birthday is not on December the 25th. It's just the day we use to recognize who Christ is. Okay. But it is, it is in our calendar, and the way we look at it, it is a sacred time. Okay. Um, and we can argue that Easter, Good Friday, uh, that period, whenever it rolls in the calendar, is also an especially sacred time as well, too. Palm Sunday, leading up before Easter Sunday. That's also what we would deem as a sacred time on our calendar as well, too. Um, but it has a rolling, floating date. Next year, Easter Sunday, I believe, is on March 31st. That's just the way it falls. Okay? All right. 
So the use of the trumpets to mark the beginning of this month is noteworthy. Trumpets are associated with a theophany on Sinai. Uh, Let's go to Exodus. I don't think we read this last time. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. Yeah, we, you know, my Bible does say we, we did read it. Well, we'll do, do a review. Even if we did read it, we're going to read it again. Exodus chapter 19. Yeah, we did read it. I remember now because I think I made the comment uh, about uh, the visuals that take place in this particular passage. It, when you read something like this, it sometimes is a good way to really see how the Lord is speaking. If you can imagine yourself in that situation or position. Um, when you go to a movie, they try to put you in a situation where you're right there and you're experiencing what's happening. When you look at the screen, when you listen to the screenplay and listen to the characters speak. And when you see how um, they use special effects now to dramatize things that we could never really do before. Although the Ten Commandments did a pretty good job of it uh, back in that day, at that day and time. Uh, just imagining what's taking place. I think when you read this passage here, if you could put yourself in the place of the people who were there, you would really see the power of God uh, working here. Look at verses 16 through 19. On the third day when morning came, there was thunder and lightning. And most of us don't care much for thunder and lightning um, because it's a very ominous thing. Um, a thick cloud on the mountain and a loud trumpet sound so that all the people in the camp shuddered. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke because the Lord came down on it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain shook violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in the thunder. So you see how the trumpets, even in the midst of all of that stuff that was going on with the God coming down the cloud and the mountain shaking and the thunder and lightning, the trumpets were blowing at the same time. What an amazing sound and sight that had to be. Um, Just looking at it from that standpoint. Priests sounded trumpets prior to the destruction of Jericho, which we read in Joshua 6.16, or you've read in the past. And trumpets were regularly used as a military signal, 2 Samuel 2.28. And we described how the military signal had to take place with certain trumpet blasts and certain sounds. You just couldn't blow the trumpet any old way you wanted to. It had to have a certain understood meaning. Prophets regularly referred to trumpets as warnings of judgment, and destruction to come. Um, Jeremiah 4 5. Let's go to let's go to Jeremiah 4 5. Judgment to come. It's just one passage. Jeremiah 4 5. And actually the heading right above that it says disaster from the north. And it says in Jeremiah 4, 5, Declare in Judah, proclaim in Jerusalem, and say, Blow the ram's horn throughout the land. Cry out loudly and say, Assemble yourselves and let's flee to the fortified cities. When judgment's coming, and this is, this is one of those reflex actions. So let's think about this for a moment. 
when you, when you recognize that judgment is coming, if you haven't done anything wrong, you're not necessarily going to be running anywhere. But if you're not right with the Lord, you're going to be running. Let's get out of here. Let's take off. And you have to understand that judgment is coming. You, you recognize that things aren't right, and you see the power of the Lord, and you see what's happening, and you recognize the first thing you want to do is you're going to be shaken, and you're going to be running away. And we have to look at it for judgment. When we talk about judgment, remember, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't like talking about judgment. There are certain denominations that don't like, talk, like talking about hellfire, judgment. They don't want to deal with it. But the reality is we all have to deal with it. We all have to reckon with it. We have to recognize that there's a reason and a purpose for us being here. And if we're not being obedient to the Lord, we're not following the Lord, we're choosing to blatantly not recognize him, there's going to be a judgment for that. And that's only natural if you consider what? The character of God. He does not fellowship with those who sin. So therefore, there has to be an accountability and a judgment for those individuals. Thank the Lord that he has given us Jesus Christ, where he has paid for our sins when we recognize him, past, present, and future. Okay, flip over to 6.1. Jeremiah again. Run for cover, Benjaminites. Out of Jerusalem, sound the ram's horn in Tekoa. Raise a smoke signal over Beth Hakarim. For disaster threatens from the north, even great destruction. Notice how it says, sound the ram's horn. So basically, when you sound the ram's horn, that means it's a call to get up and go somewhere. In other words, stop what you're doing, get up, let's go. That's something we have to look at here. Fire alarm. Yeah, what do you do when there's a fire alarm? Do you sit in the building and wait? Or are you supposed to get out of that building? Fire alarm calls you to get up and go. Thank you for that. That's exactly right. We have those same similar types of... We don't have trumpets blowing when the fire alarm goes off. It's usually this piercing, loud sound. Yes, it's a piercing, loud sound that calls to your attention. It's time to get up and go. Okay. And there's also Ezekiel 33.3, we won't read that. Trumpet blasts also signal the inauguration of a new era, such as the installation of a new king. Now, we will read that. Go to 1 Kings 1. Yes. I'd have to go back and look at the context of that in Jeremiah. The, um, hold on one second. I may have my assistant uh, look that up real quick. Well, <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 4, 5 and Jeremiah 6, 1. There is a, a pending battle. It's probably, it's probably going to be listed in the uh, commentary because Jerusalem is what, who is being judged. The, so I don't know if we're going to see that right quick or not. We're in no hurry. We're not. It's okay. Kudos to the Northern Summit County Coalition, by the way, for being here. Hello. We'll have to probably look that up just to 
But if Jeremiah, if you, if you recall, he's the prophet who is, keeps telling the people to repent. I'm just giving a very general comment on that because there was going to be, if you did not repent, there was going to be a certain disaster for the people. And it would have to do with people in inva- uh, another country invading and coming in. So we would have to see where they're coming from. We're talking about, we're talking about in Jeremiah in, um, yeah, it might be chapter 4. Are you in chapter 4? You're in, Je- you're in Jeremiah chapter 3. Okay, well, we, were, we, were, we weren't, we were in 4, and then we moved to chapter 6. Do you have it? Evil from the north. She is asking who is the north. There you go. The Babylonian king. The Babylonian king. Very good. And I, and I wasn't... Yes. That's exactly right. That much I knew. I just couldn't remember who it was right off the top of my head. It was a, the king of Babylon. It was the Babylonian nation that was... And if you remember, they're the ones that eventually captured and took over the city. Now that you, now that you mention that, it's logical because they were taken captive and brought back under the king of Babylon, so. That's exactly right. That's, that's a great point. And even Eli's sons, Phineas and Hophni, now, they were certainly warned, and they knew what was right, but pardon me. Yeah, they knew they knew what was right, and they knew. But but what they did, they were just basically flaunting it before the Lord. They're just taking, doing whatever they wanted to do with the with the with the fire, you know, burning the fire, the incense, and they were struck dead immediately. But it's not like they didn't know. To your point, they knew what was right. They knew what was proper. They knew what was appropriate, and they basically said, "We're just going to do what we want to do anyway." And the Lord judged him immediately at that point. And, in fact, um, there's, there's so many instances of that in Scripture. I, 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 there's some things that were popping up in my head, but I don't want to get too far away from where we are. Um, but if you look at those, you'll see that there are usually warnings posted or warnings given um, when they take place. Um, and none of us know from the sovereignty of God, how God is dealing with those individuals. It's not written about, but there, was, um, there were people who were doing evil, and the Lord said he was going to go out and kill him because they were doing evil. Well, it, didn't, it wasn't going to be an arbitrary thing. It was something that he was dealing with those people individually, and they knew they were being evil, and they wouldn't get themselves together. Um, we, we can't overlook the importance of God's mercy. God is merciful. He is a merciful God. He does not want to take you out of here. But if you give him no choice, if you choose to be disobedient, then you are subject to being removed. And we have to be recognize, we have to recognize that. No one wants to talk about stuff like that. It's not a popular subject. But you should talk about it. Absolutely. We need to we need to go. We see examples in Scripture of this, so we should talk about it. Okay, 
Let's go to 1 Kings 1, 34. There's Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him as king. Anoint who is king over Israel? Um, Solomon. Um, you are to blow the ram's horn and say, long live King Solomon. In other words, the horn follows along with the fact that there is a king being proclaimed. So it's a significant event when the horn blows. I think we need to establish that. It's a significant event that's taking place whenever the horn, the ram's horn, is being sounded. Okay? The trumpet blasts on the first day of the seventh month were meant to signal to Israel that they were entering a sacred season. The agricultural year was ending and there was to be a reckoning with the sins of the people, the Day of Atonement. And Israel was to reenact the time of sojourning prior to gaining the promised land, the Feast of Booths. Okay, any questions about any of that so far? We pretty much, I think, have covered this section pretty well. The New Testament associates trumpets with the end of the age. This is the part I wanted to get to. The end of the age. The New Testament. Now, we're referring to the reference going over into the New Testament about the end of the age. Revelation describes the apocalyptic judgments as occurring in a series of trumpet blasts in Revelation chapters 8 and 9. Let's go to Revelation real quick. Let's see if we can find those. Pardon me. Allergies have been a real trip. I'm just going to let you know right now, I've been, I've been dealing with congestion. Amen. It has been a, pardon me, <coughs> oh, but it, that came across really good over the, uh, over the air there. But I feel like I'm, I can breathe a little bit now. Pardon me? Xylitol? Okay. Well, we'll do what we have to do. I mean, I... I'm not having any really ill effects from the allergy. It's just that there's, it's just a lot of congestion. Yeah, runny nose. Or clogged up nose. All right, let's see if we can find some trumpet blasts in Revelation 8. Um, look to yourself, look for yourself, since this is a Bible study class. Let's start with verse 1, and let's just work your way down. And if you find one before someone else does, uh, call out that verse so we can all go to it. Verse 2. Seven trumpets were given to them. Okay, the seven angels. All right, so they were given the trumpets. That's interesting. Who gave them the trumpets? Yeah, okay. All right, who's a, where's another one? Verse 6, And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. Verse 7, The first angel blew his trumpet and hail and fight. Now, understand something. As soon as you blow the trumpet, something happens. So they were preparing to blow the trumpet, just like, what are, they, what are the trumpet guys, when they, when they have the trumpets in their hand, like Louis Armstrong and all that, what do they have to do before they start blowing the trumpet? They got to lick their lips. They got to wet, right? Six, verse 6 and verse 7. They got to lick their lips. They got to blow and prepare, because you can't do it with dry lips. You have to be ready to, you know what I mean? So they were getting ready in verse. <laughs> they were getting ready in verse six and verse seven. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were hurled to the earth. So a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now, 
Somebody just had a prophecy about this. I read about this a month ago. I don't know what it was, but we're getting more and more people talking about what's going to happen when these comets come too close or if we get hit by a, a meteor or something like that. And, and literally, the argument was, is, is that in order for a third of the earth to be burned up or whatever, a meteor would have to hit us in some short, but that's not necessarily the case. Could be. God can do whatever he wants to. That's right. My wife is correct. God can do whatever he wants. But the people theorize and say, oh, it's a meteor, whatever. Okay. All right. If they can explain it, they can control it. To control the narrative or control how it's done. That's, that's a good point. Right. Very good. Revelation 8.8. 8. The second angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain ablaze with fire was hurled into the sea. So a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Third angel blew his trumpet, we're at verse 10. And a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from heaven. It fell on a third of the rivers and springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. Now, notice how it says a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from heaven. That came from heaven. That was something that was directed by God, and he fired it down onto the earth. He is going to fire it down to the earth. Okay. Fell in a third of the rivers and springs of Wormwater. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. Wormwood. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to get... Okay. Wormwood, this is from the English Standard Version study notes, is a plant. You've heard, may have heard of Wormwood before. It does have a name attached to it. It is a plant native to Europe, Asia, and northern Africa with a bitter-tasting and poisonous extract. True worshipers of God will manifest justice and righteousness. Uh, it says in James 1, 26-27. See also Amos 5, 21-24. Justice is much more than... Oh, am I reading too far? I'm probably reading too far. Wormwood is the reference to the plant in Europe that has a bitter taste. So it's called wormwood because it's going to make the waters bitter. A lot of people are going to drink from that water and they're going to die because it's, not, it's going to be poison, basically. Okay. Did everybody hear that? Water is a source of life. Correct? We all have to have water in order to live. So now if the water is poisoned and became bitter, it's a judgment. It's basically that people won't be able to live anymore if once they drink that because they're going to have to go somewhere. One of the things that's going on in Puerto Rico right now is that there's a problem with fresh water, especially in rural areas. Well, after a while, you're either going to be drinking fresh water, no water, or contaminated water unless you can get that supply in there. So that's a challenge they have right now. Fresh water is a source of life. Very important to look at that. Okay. Fourth angel blew his trumpet. A third of the sun was struck. A third of the moon and a third of the stars. So the third of them were darkened. A third of the day was without night, light, and the night as well. And then you have verse 13. I looked again and heard an eagle flying overhead crying in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who live on the earth because of the remaining trumpet blast that the three angels are about to sound. So if you don't think it was bad enough now, wait. It's pretty bad at that point. And the one thing we don't know, too, is the time frame. 
you've you got to take into account there is a time frame here that allows for all these things to take place. Between the mountain going in the sea, the wormwood coming down, the, the burning up of the land. All, there's, a, there's a time frame here, but we just don't really have a handle on that. Um, we don't know if it's like right away. We don't know if it's immediate, but we, we have to kind of trust that this is all happening concurrently. Right. That's correct. That's correct. Very true. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be here for that. This is the other thing we have to see. Remember, this is a. These are judgments that are taking place. You don't want to be here. You can't run from anything at this point. You have to make a conclusion that these judgments are taking place because these people are not following the Lord. They were not part of the ones who were raptured out. Okay? Yes? Correct. That's right. Very true. Okay. All right. Verse 1, Revelation 9, since we're having such fun with this. <laughs> the fifth angel blew his trumpet. Remember, four angels have already blown. Three more to go. Fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth. The key to the shaft of the abyss was given to him. He opened the shaft of the abyss, and smoke came up out of the shaft like smoke from a great furnace, that the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the shaft. Then locusts came out of the smoke onto the earth, and power was given to them like the power that scorpions have on the earth. They were told, now this is deep. I remember this from before. I don't know if you, you're going to have to look at this for what it's worth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth, so these scorpions were smart enough to know not to do that. Whatever grass was left over, let's, let's even go further than that. Because remember, a lot of that grass was burned up. Or any green plant or any tree, but only people who do not have God's seal on their foreheads. So if you don't have a covering, if you don't have that seal where you acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you're not going to be there or, you know, we're going to allow for the fact that maybe there are some people there when they see all this stuff going on saying, I believe, Lord. <laughs> but if you don't have God's seal on your foreheads, verse 5, they were not permitted to kill them because a scorpion can kill you if it stings you. But here it's saying they were not permitted to kill them but were to torment them. Now this is why I said what I said earlier. For five months. Five months of torment. Huh? You would, you would rather be dead. That's exactly right. Yeah, let's, let's, get to the, let's go further here. Their torment is like the torment caused by a scorpion when it strikes a man because that's not a pleasant feeling. Verse 6, In those days people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. So not only 
are you being tormented for five months? And you were saying, and you just said it, I wish I were dead. And you'd be looking for finding ways to die. Throw yourself off a cliff, whatever you could do. And you won't die. You will not escape. You can't even commit suicide on this mess. This, this is some deep stuff here. Can you imagine that? You're leaping off a cliff and you, you're saying, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here and it won't work. Yes. Yes. Who are the people who are sealed in their forehead by God? The 144,000 from the different tribes? I would... It does name them in earlier in Revelation. They were sealed. Go ahead. You. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay, very good. Okay, well, what about the Gentiles, though? Okay. I understand. Okay. Yes. But wouldn't we have seals on our foreheads? Okay. Okay. That's right. Okay. All right. Yes. That's right. That's very true. He took he took Moses, uh, Noah and his family out. Yes. Yes. That's right. Absolutely. There is still, that's, that's what I wanted you guys to kind of get to as a conclusion. Even in the midst of this period of judgment, there is still salvation taking place. Because we're not talking about everybody. Remember, it says, though, it's being very specific here. Those who do not have God's seal. Well, that means that there has to be someone there that has it. There's, that are still there. Now, they may be trying to do the whole witnessing, the whole conversation with people telling them about get with the Lord, get with the Lord. It's not really mentioned, but we have to infer, based upon the comment, those who do not have, only people who do not have God's seal on their forehead. That implies right there in that passage that there are those who do. You Either you do or you don't. 
if he's giving direction to the scorpions to go after those who do not have it, well, that means you don't touch the ones who do. So we have to come to a conclusion here based upon a logical inference that there are people there even in this time of great tribulation and judgment that actually do recognize Jesus Christ. That's where that seal has to come from. The seal has to come from what? Being indwelled by the Spirit, and you are being sealed as a person. So very good. Now, does everybody understand why I'm saying that? Do you understand the, the, the logic behind this? Y'all ain't going to say nothing because Pastor Gus is here. I know that's why. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm, in your, I'm, I'm your wife, and I've been trying to get you to be saved and whatever. Right. All of a sudden, I disappear. Yes. Then something's going to click up here and then you come back. Yeah. You have to start giving those people. Right. That were kind of on the fence about coming to you. Yeah, that's right. And they will be more saved, and they'll go away and tell them the truth, but now they know that they're accursed. Right. You're making the comment. She was making the comment. I don't think anybody heard you. So just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase what you said. The rapture, you, the rapture describes people being, someone's taken, someone's left behind. Some are going to be in the field, some are going to be in the house, another person's left behind. Well, what she's saying is, in this comment, is that it's going to make you think. It's going to make you start really thinking about, where am I right now in my relationship with the Lord? And there are going to be some people who were on the fence at some point, Make a decision to say, hey, now I'm going to be part of, I want to be part of the family of the Lord. I want to be, I want to follow the Lord. And sometimes people being hard-headed as they are, just like we talked about in Exodus chapter 19, where you have to see all these signs and wonders, mountains shaking, okay, the big cloud, thunder and lightning. Some of us are hard-headed like that. We have to be almost told and see the good magnificence of God before we make a decision, yeah, I'm going to follow you, Lord. And you know what? The Lord doesn't really qualify that and say, well, you followed me because of how, you know, all, as long as you believe, that's all that matters to me. Doesn't matter how I get you get there as long as you get there. So there's going to be a lot of things that are happening here. But this part, this verse about being tormented for five months. That's why I talked about the time frame. The time frame. Five months is a very clear calendar. That's almost half a year. Five months. Their torment is like the torment caused by a scorpion when it strikes a man, verse 6. In those people, days people will seek death, this is Revelation 9, 6, will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. No can do. That's amazing. The appearance, and the appearance of the locusts was like horses equipped for battle. Something like gold crowns was on their heads. Their faces were like men's faces. They had hair like women's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. So they looked like Stephen Tyler. Um, and Revelation 9, 9, they had chests like iron breastplates. The sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses rushing into battle. And they had tails with stingers like scorpions, so that with their tails they had the power to harm people for five months. They were given the power to harm people for five months. Now sometimes I think we need to take Revelation chapter 9 and just let some of the young people read this and see what it does to them. It comes across as a great story, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what they did in the old days? Sit down and listen to what would happen to you? 
Yeah, there's a fine line for that. We don't we try not to scare people into accepting Christ, but I get I get the point. Revelation 9:11, they had as their king the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he has the name Apollyon. The first woe has passed. There are still two more woes to come after this. The sixth angel blew his trumpet. Remember, every time the trumpet blows, something happens. From the four horns of the gold altar that is before God, I heard a voice. Whoops, I went too far. Hold on. Heard a voice. Say to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who were prepared for the hour, day, month, and year, they were prepared for this moment. Everybody see that? were released to kill a third of the human race. The number of mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. Pardon me? Okay. Yeah. This is how I saw the horses in my vision. The horsemen had breastplates that were fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. So they were very colorful. The heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and from their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. you got to believe. Now, you look at this imagery. You know, the scorpions looked, the scorpion looked like had men's faces with women's hair. So, and, and, of course, they had scorpion tails that stung, all right? So you're talking about imagery here that is fascinating. And it's scary. Not just ordinary looking stuff. Tell me that God wasn't trying to get the attention of folks even at that point where there's judgment taking place. It goes with his character that he has the desire to what? See every person come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of all of this judgment that's taking place. So even in this, there is still mercy. Which is hard to understand or believe, but it's true. There's mercy. He's trying to get people to see who really is the, the proper authority to look to. Now remember, the argument is always going to be self versus Christ. Trusting in self Versus trusting in Christ. People don't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because they would much rather trust in self. That's the very nature of atheism. Atheism is not so much a belief in being having no God. It's a belief in you being the God. That's what it really is. If you really get down to what's being discussed. You have control, not God. That's always going to be the ultimate argument. Okay. Verse. Yes, I'm sorry. Back in which day? Okay. Sure. He don't know what this is. That's right. Yep. 
Okay. That's right. Okay. Very good. Okay. Pardon me? Okay. That's the only way they're going to be saved. Except for those that are sealed mm-hmm. with God's approval. But any it's, and, and, and I'm going to say this. Say I miss the rapture. I don't get a second chance. Like my brother over here said. God, nor priest, nor people. How many of you do you just know that? Do you know why the people were so dumb about calling them crazy, stupid, and all? Because they didn't know what rain was. Because no rain ever fell out of the sky. I miss him about the rain. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yep. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. 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 He he got fired up. No, that's all right. Listen, it, it, Revelation got him fired up. So we talking about talking about judgment. That's okay. But thank you. Yes. One more. One more. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. That's right. Very good. Okay, that was the first bell, wasn't it? Okay. This is probably a good place to end. <laughs> um, a third of the human race. Oh, wow. Okay, the horses men had, okay, heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and from their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. Verse 18, a third of the human race was killed by these three plagues, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur that came from their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and their tails, for their tails, which resemble snakes, 
have heads, and they inflict injury with them. This is just crazy stuff. Uh, that's about the best way to describe it. It does sound like a B movie. Um, verse 20, the rest of the people who were not killed by these plagues did not repent, did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshiping demons. See, this is why you have to see why this is going on. The state of the world was in a very bad place. Well, it's bad now. But now we're looking at, even in the midst of all this other stuff going on, did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which are not able to see, hear, or walk, and they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. What is going on today? Worshiping demons, idols of gold, silver, bronze, the very things that we see happening today by a lot of people will be happening even then in the midst of all this stuff that's taking place in judgment. These are hard-hearted, foolish people. And remember, if you remember how when, during the time of the, right at the time of the Exodus, when the people of uh, Moses was trying to get the people, they were about to try to bring the plagues onto Egypt, what were the sorcerers trying to do? Match whatever the God was doing with these types of plagues. And for a while they were able to do it with their sorcery, but after a while they said, I can't, I can't do this. But that just shows you the arrogance of those people who are following other gods, other things. It's utter foolishness. It's taking place today. Those people need to be prayed for for a breakthrough if it's not too late for them. And that wouldn't be my call. That's God's, in his sovereignty, that's his call. He knows the hearts of every person. And he'll make that call. So after all this conversation about trumpets, and we're going to end the lesson here because this is what it was saying here on the last part of the handout. Jesus stated that the last judgment will be inaugurated with a trumpet blast, which is in verse 24, Matthew 24, 31. And Paul says that trumpets will sound the day of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Because we know that there's a trumpet, there's a trumpet blast that takes place during what? The rapture that we hear about. A trumpet blast is going to proceed or follow within that time frame. The point that trumpets initiate the end of one age in judgment and the beginning of another in resurrection should not be missed. Don't miss the point. Even if not a New Year's Day, the Feast of Trumpets heralded the close of the festival year, a time of reckoning with God, and a reenactment of the days of longing for the promised land. That's right. So, so the Feast of Trumpets, the, the Feast of Trumpets is about a day of saying, this is the time where you recognize, frankly, how blessed you are, how much you have, and now you're preparing to really get yourself in a place of worship and recognition because, guess what, the Day of Atonement is coming ten days after this. Day of Atonement. We have a very detailed lesson coming up next week about the Day of Atonement. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I, I did some research that was very, very interesting about even how terminology used in the Day of Atonement that we'll be reading about and seeing is actually infusing into pop culture today. Not necessarily in a good way, 
but it's going to be a very illustrative point about how a lot of the stuff that we're reading about, even in, in the Bible, that stuff does get out. Remember the word scapegoat. I want you to do some homework and look up the word scapegoat. And I want you to see where scapegoat comes from. We'll be talking about that next week. But that word scapegoat is a, is a term that's being used now all the time in pop culture. In culture today. Not even pop culture, just regular culture. But do some research on the word scapegoat. Look it up. Look it up in the dictionary. And do some digging. And be ready for next week. You had your hand up. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't, don't give it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. We'll do that next week. Don't, don't do that. We'll, we'll do it. Some, some of us know that. Don't do it. Just give it away. Don't give it away. Just look up the word scapegoat. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not, I'm not. He was going to give it away. I know. It's, 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 you're going to steal my thunder for next week. No, I'm just I'm teasing. I, it really is. I'm teasing. It's okay. Look up the word scapegoat. Do that. You know, do it before you're between. Y'all got uh, iPads and stuff. Look it up now. And, and between church. And, and just do some research on that. And, and we'll talk about that next week, okay? All right. So we, this was a good class. We kind of veered off into Revelation and talked about uh, the Stephen Tyler-looking scorpions that are, that are going out there. Everybody you know who Stephen Tyler is. I'm just, some of y'all don't even know. The lead singer for Aerosmith, he just has a funny look on his face. He was a judge on American Idol. Some of y'all don't even know. They don't even know. All right, so I made a joke and it fell flat. All right, fine. So let's go ahead and close out with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to come together as a group. We thank you and praise you for your presence. Lord, we just pray and thank you for the lessons that we can learn from this study and how the trumpet blasts were so significant. And how they do tell the story of how things that are being proclaimed or a proclamation being made of an event to take place. Lord, we just thank you for the promises and the consistency throughout Scripture that use of the trumpets. We pray now that we gain greater insight into your word and how you're speaking to us as individuals. We also pray for the upcoming message and the speaker, and we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll pick up with the new lesson next week on the Day of Atonement.